0: Welcome to episode ninety three. <laughs> <laughs> episode ninety two. <laughs> no, it's episode oh, it, ninety
1: three.
0: It, it is. It is actually ninety three. <laughs> episode ninety three. Where uh, today we're going to talk about um, a little bit of talk of ice and fire um, game because I played one and it made me think of uh, something we should talk about. Uh, and I know John has uh, some good opinions on it due to overpowered or broken models. Um, but before we do that, we have to get to all of our pleasantries. Uh, first, I want to thank all of our sponsors for uh, making this podcast possible. I want to thank Muse on Minis, guys. If you need any widgets, tokens, measurements, buildings for terrain, especially if you're an Infinity or Batman player, go to Muse on Minis and purchase their products. Uh, if you use the code More Than Dice, all one word, you get ten percent off your order. Um, And it helps us out also. Uh, We want to thank Tectonic Craft Studios. Everybody say hi to Dan. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan.
2: Hi, Dan. Dan
0: Dan is a longtime fan. We love him so much. Uh, He makes some really cool MDF terrain. um, Mm -hmm. And we have some codes that we can give away on the next podcast. Uh, We have three more codes we will give away uh, for gift certificates on there. Um, On top of that, we have uh, Mechanica Studios. Which, mm-hmm. if you would like some incredible trays or any graphic design work, uh, Chris does all of that. And he also sells our tournament, tura- our tournament uh, token sets, our tournament mats, all that stuff on his website for us, which we greatly appreciate. Uh, and if you tell him that uh, Gonzo sent you, he'll probably tell you to, you know, go sink a ship or something. But he'll sell you the product anyway.
1: I don't think that's true. No.
0: Nah. Chris and I, um, we've been doing a lot together. Him and I have grown very, very close over these last few months doing uh, Warfare Weekend. Uh, Which is another one. I'm going to plug that one real quick. We're less than 60 days away from Warfare Weekend. If you want to play some awesome games, come see me. Drink a lot of drinks with me. Party. Have a good time. One of the best times in the world. Uh, Come uh, go get a ticket to Warfare Weekend. Uh, They're $75, and you don't have to pay anything extra to play in any games at the event. You just choose the games you want. And We have some amazing artists there, by the way. Uh, doing some amazing classes. Um, pick some classes, do that, grab some drinks, come and have fun with me. Um, let's get started with the really, really cool stuff. John, what are you drinking?
2: Uh, well, I'm going to start off with a shot of uh, Captain Morgan Cannon Blast for a second shot if you're watching during the pre ramble. <laughs> and uh, uh, then I'm going to follow up with a force blow, which, for those of you who don't know from the old days, is uh, Kraken, rum, and orange juice. <laughs> Kathy, what's on your agenda for drink today?
1: So, I was drinking uh, gin and ginger ale, mm-hmm. and I switched to tea. You you heard the buzzer. My tea has steeped sufficiently, and now I have hot tea sitting next to me, and it will be delicious.
0: Nice. Um, today, I am drinking some good old sorlige, Um and I have a, a running bet with somebody, so if I get a little for snickered tonight, um, I apologize. I have to blame it on someone else. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, just blame it on someone else. Um, I mean, I
0: always
1: still. It's never <laughs> your fault.
0: Um, so we do have uh, a tribute today. Um, one of our uh, members of our community passed away this last week. Uh, a friend of ours named Spence Castile. Um, he had been sick for quite a while. Family hasn't told us what, but he as if anybody knew him knew that he was uh, he was not a very healthy person. Uh, He passed away Monday. Uh, He was a very awesome guy, always smiling, always happy, uh, always helping. He was a press ganger also, so he was you know one of the good guys uh, in that fact. And um, he's going to be missed. Uh, He was a really good guy. Um, John, do we have anybody else we need to give a tribute to? Uh, Eddie Money died. That's right. I did see that. For the people that are old enough to know who Eddie Money is, John, who is he? <laughs> he <laughs>
2: wow. not old enough. Oh,
1: I'm old
2: apparently. enough to know who Eddie Money is. He's a, he's a, he's a basic, uh, you would call him a classic rock uh, mm-hmm. star. Uh, his biggest hits, the one that most people our age would know him for would be Take Me Home Tonight, which is sort of his comeback in the MTV era. But his actual biggest song is Two Tickets to Paradise. Yes. Which,
1: of course, is the biggest song.
2: Yeah. And it's a great, great song. I mean, it is top-notch. And didn't know much about him. Again, he's a little before our time. Maybe not quite Gonzo's time. No, I know who Eddie Money (laughs) is. But uh, he was uh, hes a good good star. He wasn't in the news a lot, which, you know, in my book makes him even better. It means Mm -hmm. he wasn't doing anything stupid. Just made good music. Yep, just good music and keeping quiet.
0: All right. To all of our fans, all of our family, and everybody out there, please be safe. Cheers. Cheers. There's one for the cheer, and here's one for someone I owe something for. This shit's so fucking good.
1: So Baneon's drinking Orange Crushes and Jameson, and I'm kind of (laughs) envious. I I think he had those
2: when he was out. I think he had those when he was out. We don't have that here, so I don't, I mean, unless he brought it home, didn't share it. He may have, he's not going to share with you. He won't even go
0: get you a milkshake, John. Why would he share with you? Wow. Wow.
2: This is getting really, (laughs) and I apologize. I am not attacking you with this moment. I'm actually trying to defend you. (laughs) If Seven. you know him, you can imagine <laughs> the face he's making at that moment. He's probably
0: like, Fuck Gonzo, he's so mean.
2: Such a jerk. He was um, already uh, uh, a
1: leave. I had to beg him to stay.
2: <laughs> he he's a bit for Snickers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: see, see
2: <laughs> No longer following. <laughs> no longer
1: following. <laughs> Subscription revoked. <laughs> I hate you all. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he didn't actually say it.
2: Say that, did you? No? Yeah, he did. No, he didn't say any of that. I'm, okay. Okay. I'm waiting for my phone to pop here. Wait for him to pop up and go,
1: Gonzo, quit, gonzo, quit Hate you dirt. all, see? <laughs>
2: yeah. He would not pop in a room and say, Hate you all. I have a lot of knives next to me.
0: <laughs> not your personal room, but definitely this chat room he would.
2: Oh no, this is this is my personal room. Yeah. Wait, you think I, I have a studio you. room? No. Yeah. This, this is my room. I could turn this around and you can see my wonderfully perfectly made <laughs> it's up here with me, Banion. I've
1: got two tickets to paradise.
2: <laughs> oh, all right. Let's please, Gonzo, back on the rails. Let's go. Let's
0: keep on the topic. Okay. So this week, um, I already played a game of Song of Ice and Fire. For a it's a miniature game, uh, regimental battle. So you move everybody in, you know, um, yeah, it's and, ranks and flanks. It's a ranks and flanks. Um, And so, I play Nightwatch. Nightwatch have an ability, or a model, I should say, that when you place it on a certain part, it's an NCU, so it's not played in the battle, it's played on the board, uh, Mm -hmm. on the sideboard, that when you place it on there, you get to heal your unit even more. Um, There is a section on the board that says whenever you put a model on this section, you can put three models back on a unit. Mm -hmm. Um, Really good. Um, but this one says, not only do you get to put those three units on, you get to put roughly three more models back on, up to three more models back on. So you could take your unit, and it can go from one rank to three ranks. Um, and so it's pretty powerful. Um, mm-hmm. Nightwatch is built around the ability to bring models back and keep things alive. Um, they, Some of their models are not very good in combat. Um, there's one unit that is extremely good, and so you for all intents and purposes, filled them Um, because they're cheap and they're good. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this week I tried out a bunch of different things. I got a new hero box in um, and trying it out and tried out this one unit, which didn't work out for me. Didn't like it. It got bogged down, just didn't care for it. Um, But then I tried out this other unit that it was super, super expensive and I thought really wasn't going to do shit, but I added this uh, special character to the unit, and it became a little more fun. Uh, but it was still way too expensive for my tastes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I played this one unit that is their kind of their rank and file troop, you know, their their core model unit, mm-hmm. um, which I really like. <clears throat> and I put uh, Jon Snow in it. And Jon Snow, when you when you field Jon Snow, you get his wolf with him too for zero point cost. Um, and one and, of the and you always pet the wolf Oh you always get the wolf And you always pet him You always tell him a good boy And you let him do what he needs to do
1: so Does he have a squeaky?
0: He doesn't have a squeaky He just chews up people and that's it
1: Seriously I'd be basing that wolf with a squeaky
0: <laughs> um, And so One of the abilities that Jon Snow has Is when you activate his unit You get to activate Ghost also At the same time so you get to activate two units together and they kind of team up. Um, the wolf is a very fast model, so it can move around the board quite quickly. Um, it uh, can hit and do damage, and when it does damage, you don't get a save, but it only hits a maximum of two models uh, in the unit. Um, but the, this week when I was playing uh, one of my local guys, he was complaining about um, the recursion of the night watch like uh-huh. he took one of his large cavalry units smashed into uh my unit it was a, it was a full flank it was 100 percent unit and took it down to one guy and um i was able to save um save it from dying by using this one guy's ability where i don't have to take a panic test but i can just kill a guy in my army kill a guy in that unit and i don't have to make a panic test Uh, So I don't have to worry about it. So he killed it down to one guy. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, crap. Uh, And so the next thing I did, because it was on my turn, I went over and claimed that zone on the board. And I brought back five guys. So I went from a full unit to half a unit right off the bat. Um, And it upset the player. And I can see why. I'm not denying his emotions or anything like that. Uh, of of you know that why it was why it would upset him and stuff, but I later on after the game I started thinking, what do we do about and this is for any game that's the reason why I'm asking John about this because you do Malifaux and you have some models and you know it better than I do how powerful some of that shit is. And every how,
2: every model in Malifaux, is, every high cost model in Malifaux is bullshit. Yeah, but, just, but but, you, you, but right
0: where we're going with this, you you're able to, to comment on it. And I started thinking, how can he, with the army he had, stop my major recursion and card abilities and so on and so forth? And I started thinking and looking at it, and I was like, this just doesn't apply to this game. It applies to
2: every game we play. Um, oh, yeah, there's, there's always two answers, specific game an- uh, answers where you use the game rules to your advantage to help you against stuff like that. And then there's generic, uh, generic answers to things.
0: Yeah, so, so. I, I I really started thinking about this. How could this player have stopped me from getting the recursion back? And I go, well, first thing he does every turn, if he can help it because it's alternating activations uh, and alternating first players, is to claim that zone no matter what yeah. on that tactic board right off the bat. Now, of course, that means he may have to not bring someone up as quickly or maybe not get... Um, you know, as many people back in the unit that he had, but it is better than letting me get five models back in my unit.
2: Type yeah, thing. absolutely. The first thing you do is you claim that zone. Yes. Yeah, You, you, you know you're going in. That's just set up proper, knowing what it is. Claim the zone, make it. Even if you're not getting the benefit out of it, you're denying. Correct. And that's one of the things you have to look at in games is not every move you make is for your benefit. Sometimes your benefit is denying your opponent their benefit. Um, There are games like um, Star Realms, like deck-building games, and and any sort of drafting games, where buying just or or just getting the resources you want isn't always good enough. Sometimes if you can see what your opponent's going to do, what they want to do, and take what they want to do, you might get just as good or a better value out of that. Correct.
0: But I mean, it it brought into light that there's a lot of games that we play where there's like this one model. Uh, For example, War Machine and Hordes. Um, uh, Lord of the Feast. Lord of the Feast is a ball busting model that just it's it's hard to get around. And so everybody's like, well, I have to stay this distance away from everything. I have to stay this far away from this thing. I have to stay, you know, I have to be very careful because he can get this distance and this distance on me. And it was still a problem. Even with having to think about that, it was still a problem. So it came to the fact that you had to nerf the model. And had to nerf it. Had to
2: nerf it. But you it. can't always rely on the company to do that. Sometimes Correct. they're not going to. You're going to have to find ways to do it. Yes. And that is where that is sort of the, the definition of where a meta comes up. If Lord of the Feast is prevalent, or those infantry-chewing models, Gurlach, Slaughterborn... Um, I've seen uh, Thorn chiefs, the the solos with uh, Stormrager on them. Mm-hmm. If those models are a problem, you just the meta changes so that you don't have, you don't play infantry-heavy lists. You just make lists with no infantry because those models all suffer greatly when you don't have infantry for them to chew on. Correct. And but that's sort of like that's the meta game, and that is a part of everything. And you don't look look at that so much in friendly games. But as soon as you're taking the game more seriously than a casual one-off, or you care that much about how much you win or lose, you have to look at that, and that's one of those levels. You know, if you're playing against all space marines with plasma weapons, to go 40k for a second, you don't bring the high-cost troops that are value for him to go plasma upon. You bring the shit. Like, wave one, go. Go. Oh, look, you plasma killed a ton of my dudes. I don't care. Wave 2, go. Yeah. You know, uh, Alan Blunt used to call it the last gun shampoo with uh, Guardsmen, where you just, just overwhelm them by, yeah, they're shitty shots, but here's a million of them. You can't kill enough dudes. Uh, you know, quantity is a quality all its own. But that's, again, metagaming. You have to know what it looks like and what. You... Um, War Machine and Horde's had that many times. It's meta swings more than most. Correct. Where it, uh, well, my camera's really freaking out, isn't it? Or yeah, Skype's really
0: freaking out. Yeah, you're getting a little bit of stutter in your voice. Robot stutter. But uh, not bad.
2: Okay. Uh, well, in any case, um, but their meta is the most mobile, let's say, where lists will pull infantry out and add infantry in, jack heavy, not jack heavy, jack heavy, MSU, you know, what have you. They'll change on a on a whim to suit what the big lists are out there. Yes. And in some cases, you have to do that because that's how you do it. Because I find there are very, very few models in most games that are broken. If a broken model exists and they haven't nerfed, and they haven't nerfed it, if they're a company that does that sort of thing, that's a bigger problem. And then you have to find ways to defeat them. In some ways, there isn't. I mean, let's be honest. Private Press tried long and hard to not have to nerf certain warcasters and then the having to.
0: Yeah. I mean, I because mean, you they really tried don't every... want to nerf anything, honestly. Because it, it it's nerfing is a bad taste, but sometimes it's a must do ability. Do we lose John?
2: absolutely it's uh auxiliary.
0: Okay. Your kind of went out for a second.
2: Yeah, well internet's being weird as it likes to do only on Sunday <laughs> nights at the time uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I mean you we really don't the last couple
2: uh. of weeks yeah, well. But so, there's a, there's a lot of ways to do it. The first thing you want to do is you want to look at something and go and decide, you need to analyze it, is this model broken, or is it just being used its maximum potential? I don't feel necessarily what you're doing was broken, you're just using it to your maximum potential. Correct. And I that will can seem always, like broken. Yeah.
0: I will always use my models, you know, at the maximum potential, and get everything to win, mm-hmm. win the game. Within the rules, of course. But, I mean, it was... It, it, it's it it's been a common thread among the Song of Ice and Fires that Nightwatch are broken into OP. And I'm like, I started thinking of lists and other factions to beat them. Because that's, that's how I am. I'm like, hey, I think this would give me a very good run to money and screw the fuck out of me. Um, mm-hmm. So why don't you try this? And some people are like, well, no, it doesn't work because I want to play with this. I go, there's the issue at one point. You don't want to try something because you don't want to play it.
2: Yeah. If you're not willing to change what you're playing to face your opponent because he's beaten you, that is a you problem. That is no longer a game problem. Correct. The game's a problem when you have done everything in your power, you've tried everything, and you just cannot find the answer. You have this, you know, Larmy that does well against most things, to this one thing, and you just you just can't do it. And sometimes it's our games are built around paper, rock, scissors. Sometimes you just are playing paper, and they brought scissors. Yeah. You know there is that, that, that happens a lot. You, you but you need to analyze that. I, I like to always say, um, you need to turn off the lizard brain, which is the one that's reactionary, and turn <laughs> on the higher brain, and just stop and think about it. Don't become tilted. Don't get upset. It is merely a problem to figure out. And that's hard to say in the game. We all get tilted. It all happens. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you have to pull back from that and turn on the higher brain and go, okay, this is a problem. How do I solve this problem? You know, if something's a problem, you just look at it and go, what are they doing right? Okay, what can I do to counter that without compromising maybe the list I'm trying to build? If you can't, then you better hope there's a two-list format or you need to change your list or hope you dodge them. Yeah. I mean, there are times. That's sort of uh, why certain games involve certain, let's say, tournament systems or even overall systems. If you look at uh, um, bigger competitive games like War Machine Hordes, that's why they still have two lists. Because it is paper, rock, scissors a lot of times. And you don't want to be stuck with paper when you know your opponent's going to drop scissors. Yeah. They're, they're, and I, I like
0: games that have two list formats. Because it does help out in that type of issue. When you're like, oh, I don't, you know, I, I know that this guy is going to drop this because he has this XY model. And then you're like, but I have this list that can help it
2: out. Um, so I'm weird. I like that, but only if I don't know what the scenarios are in advance. There are certain games where they, the tournaments generally give you a list of the scenarios you're going to play. And then i light up two lists. and I'm like, nah, no, come on pardon the, the, the slightly sexist tone sort of this, man the fuck up and bring <laughs> for one list if you know what the scenarios are going for. You can play for it. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't have both. That's just too much that's like easy button shit. Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I prefer a two list format, although I know some games you probably couldn't do a two list format. Like, I couldn't see a 40k two list format. Can you imagine bringing all those models?
2: Yeah, it would be difficult, just a yeah. number of models. I couldn't see that. Um, that's one, though, where I think they would post the list of, these are the scenarios, we're not going to tell you what order, whatever, and you build your list so that you can compete in all those scenarios. I have no problem with that. That seems fine. And you go to the other end where Malifaux plays just like the regular game where you figure out what you're playing. Uh, you, you mentioned you, you come to the table with your faction. I'm playing X-Faction, generally the same through a tournament. And then you figure out what the scenario and the strategies and schemes are. And then aren't reveal that. And then you make your crew based off knowing the schemes, the strategies, and the opponent's master. So you're like, oh, they're playing Pandora. Pandora's going to fuck with my willpower. I'm going to bring the high willpower crew. But... You can bet at that knowing, okay, he knows I'm bringing Pandora, so he's going to bring that. I'm going to go left turn, bring a lot of stuff that doesn't attack Willpower so that Willpower isn't necessarily helping him. He's pan points or stuff that's not helping him. That's where some games get into the higher list. Uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol is going to be a lot of that because you're going to see the missions, know, I think, what the opponent's overall 10-man pool is, and then you guys will make your pool separately, You know, knowing what the mission is and what potentially guys you could be facing. So that'll be interesting when they get more models out. Early on, it'll be a little bit of, well, gee, uh, did you bring Hulk and or MODOK? No? Well, I know which set of models you have. (laughs) The same thing on the other end. Did you bring Hulk or MODOK? No? Okay, sure, I know what you got. But that'll be better as we get more models. But there's some lists that don't mention that. You just have to analyze it it. It's part of the fun of those games is stopping and going, what do I do against this? But it only works if... The game's working with you. So while Privateer Press is doing CID and is dedicated towards trying to make things balanced, it works very well because they're trying to to take the big stuff down a bit, take the small stuff up. They're trying to make everything meet in the middle, which is good. Um, it should be more of the raising than the lowering, but some things are just too crazy that have to be lowered. Forty um, K and, Phan- and Age of Sigma are doing a little bit of that. Uh, looking forward to the next Age of Sigmar uh, update because I've seen some stuff that is broke as fuck, and I'm sure they're going to get balanced. But they're committed to that, and I like that. Uh, you, you have to have a game company that's committed to that. Legion just did that. We talked about that last week, didn't we, Gonzo? Yes, we did. <clears throat> they changed the points. Yeah, the Legion and points them. change and rules, and rules changes, you know. They're like, these things are not getting played. They're not working in a tournament structure. So let us change the points on them. So if you've got a company that's doing that, then you're going to find an answer to it eventually. There might be times when it's like, hey, look, slow speeders are still too expensive right now. I need to put them aside and play something else. Yeah. And you're going to have to do that. Sometimes you're going to have to. You may, Or you just you know, pull up your adult pants, tighten them up, and go, I'm going to play this stuff that's the subpar because I want to play it. Knowing full well it could bite me in the ass. That, that's pretty much your choices at that point. Sometimes your theme or, or what you like to play takes precedent. I mean, I made a joke with Legion list that I played a ton list. of models. You're breaking up really bad, John. Oh, sorry. I said I was playing a lot of Ooh. models that they, they they changed points on. It didn't affect me. I mean, I got lots
0: John, if you, uh, if you can hear us, you may want to like shut down and come back in. I don't know what the deal is. Um, but John is right about the, the point value. I uh, went back to my Legion list because of the changing of points. And I noticed that I was getting a decent amount of extra points back. Um, but it didn't do a whole lot for me. I just added other things in. And so I went and looked at different things within my War Machine and Hordes lists and also my Night Watch list that I have for Song of Ice and Fire. And really, I don't think that anything in any of my lists are broken. Uh, either none of my... The two War Machine and Hordes lists I play for Kador. I play a... Um, whatchamacallit, a uh, Doom Reaver spam list and mm-hmm. a Jack spam list and neither one of them I think are broken. They're a pain in the butt. Don't get me well, wrong,
2: but so I don't think there, they're broken. There's another thing where that's a higher higher thing. In the rules of the game, just in the game, are they broken? Not technically, but many of us who stop playing War Machine Hordes feel that spam lists in general are broken. Yeah. I, I so, that. That's a higher level thing. So, but that's a, you know, as people say, and I, I really hate this saying, when they say don't hate the player, hate the game. Like, you don't have to play with it. If you know something's broken, like uh, Berserker Spam, they played it at one high level, then he's like, I just want to show you this shit's broken. He showed it, then he's like, I don't want to play this again. I just want to show you guys. Oh, yeah. Back uh, what, two years ago, and Chris Davies
0: played the entire Berserker yeah, they, Spam list, and it immediately got nerfed right after it. Well, yeah,
1: because people are going to play those lists if they want to be competitive at tournaments and they're going to practice those lists when they're not at tournaments.
2: Correct. Well, but that's a higher level thing. You know, that is internal. That is, uh, does your honor allow you to do that? If so, then do it. I don't necessarily agree with it. I think that's a terrible thing to do. If you know something's broken, you should not be playing it, you know. When I'm, you know, when I'm playing, you know, where we're playing Transformers, the guys, if we know something is top tier and broken, we don't play it at just fun game night anymore because we know it's top tier and broken. We know this works. We know it's competitive. We don't need to test it. The only reason to test this is because you feel like stomping the shit out of somebody or someone goes, hey, I feel like my deck has got it. I actually want to see if it plays against that. You know, it becomes the big gun. You only bring out when someone wants to test. Yeah. Or uh... you have a
1: cool idea. So. Hi. Go ahead. Crimson just wrote, so I feel like there's an issue with the idea of having these unwritten rules about what is broken and not broken and trying to use social pressure to achieve that. I mean, if, if something's broken in the rules and the rules say you can play it that way, then have at it, you know?
2: Yeah, you should never, well, so asterisks, in a tournament you should never even fault a person for that. That is absolutely what it's for. You, it should be brought to the game designer's attention so they can address it. In casual play, the rules are totally different. The social contract is different. If you come to a casual night with your I'm playing all the broken stuff in the universe, you should be socially ostracized because that's not okay. You're breaking the unwritten rules of casual night. If it's tournament prep night, by all means bring the bring the heaviest shit you can, because that is the, the the intent of the night. Well that that brings up another thing. Do
0: a lot of places and I I'm gonna preface this after I say it, have casual only night, tournament only night. Oh, and no. And I, I God, know
2: no, our that's store what local does... local community to do.
0: Correct. Our store does that, like, on one night a week it is casual games only or learning games. Every other night, it's kind of, like, open to free. But we also have this, you know, written, uh, unwritten rule that if someone's new, don't curb stomp them. We want them to stay.
2: Oh, yeah. Now, if so, they say, hey,
0: I want you to... I'm going to a tournament with y'all this weekend show me what I'm going to be facing against. We're like, mm-hmm. you sure? And they're like, yeah. And we're like, okay, here you go. This is what you're going to see. And we're not going so to hold back. So brings
2: up a good point where he says, it's hard for someone to know what is unacceptable you know, to bring to a game. I you want know, people play to say he's a jerk because I tried to make a good list, but I actually made too good of a list. Well, see, you don't ever do that to someone you don't know. That's So the hell of social contracts with gaming and is that, we tend to make them unwritten when they should be written they should be fully explained you know like you come going like hey i'm trying to make a really good list cool crimson bring out your really good list i'll bring out my really good list that's intent we know what you're intending we know what your goal is we can adjust properly
1: it's hard if you're going to some place where you don't know what the meta is you mm-hmm. don't know what the uh but People are like, and and you build this list and you didn't just get it off the internet. Maybe it's similar to something that's floating around on the internet and you just stomp people and they think you're just a giant dick and you're like, look, I, I didn't realize.
0: That, that also comes to the thing that we need to be more socially with the people that come in that are brand new. Like if John were Yeah, if John to were, to, to yeah, if to John were to coming them. to my store and he was brand new, never met him and he says he plays women's nerds, hordes, I would get to know him and find out what he's playing, what his you know level of ability is. Say, hey, I'm a big tournament player, and I bring a lot of tournament style ass kicking. Mm-hmm. lists.
2: What is your level of play, or what do you mm-hmm. what do you want to do?
0: You Are you still all learning?
2: Introduce yourself to a new group. Yeah. Like, let them know what you're about, so you know. Like, hey, this guy comes up, what he's about, because you can't always gather that. I can tell two stories that'll that'll illustrate different points of that. There's your milkshake. Yeah, my milkshake uh, is here. <laughs> One is a guy came uh, recently, Greg came to the local uh, store because he was just stationed in Fort Beach for a while, which is local. And he gave off that opinion, that, that idea like, oh, he's a really big 40K forty k player. And then you could play him like he is, but he's not like, he's no. not making shit-stopping lists. He's just having a good time.
0: He's not being a
2: but player. if I'd asked him about that, I would have known immediately rather than having to gather that over several weeks. And the second time was playing in the old GW Battle Bunker. I kept a guy. I was like, "Oh, we play again." Like, sure. He's like, "What are you playing?" I'm playing orcs. So he flips the pages in his book to his anti-orc list and proceeds to bring out all of the high volume of firepower weapons his faction can bring, which may be okay where he came from. I'd never seen him there, yeah. but that's not okay in general. To be fair, I did shit-stomp him, but that's because that's what I did back then. That was my life. But you need to have that, you should say. He should say, like, oh, cool, where I'm at, we usually tailor our lists to the opponent, so we get a good game. Oh, cool, that's cool. That way I know I'm not just, are you bringing all the shit just to kill me? You know, we've had people do that in, you know, uh, we had a league, a challenge board league, the big, I'm sure, Kathy's seen on the big triangle where you go up the, or the pyramid where you go up the pyramid to the top. And people trying to get through me would bring these, you know, lists of all the guns ever, all the firepower to kill my orcs. That's okay. That's that's what the game implies. But you would not walk into a store and go, "Hold on, you're playing Signar." All right, I'll bring my anti Signar list. You do not do that. That's that's some bullshit. Um, and Crimson said he feels like War Machine. Horde's idea is that it's balanced enough that even the broken stuff is still okay. It's not. That is the biggest failing of War Machine. Is that it is not balanced enough that the even the broken stuff is still okay. It's balanced enough that if you know the game in and out, you're probably okay. It's a whole different thing. It's it's a hell of a game. It's like 40K. You know shit's broken. You know shit's going to be broken. It's not going to be fair. Just fucking deal with it. Eventually, they'll make that thing that's not fair fair, but something else will come out that's broken. Yeah, uh, Sovereign Miniature
0: Studio makes a good point, uh, and I think that's what we need to do is as gamers what we need to do he says these are great things that people should be doing but my experience in the gaming community have been a part of would indicate that people simply don't
2: correct and that is true and that's the big thing we always say be the change you want to see yes have that conversation someone new comes up you know we used to that back and when we uh when uh uh our inner light our local uh well, formerly our local henchman for Malifaux, now he's does professional streaming, he doesn't have time to do that, would do. He'd like, John, I want you to play, you know, Chloe, she's new. I know you can scale yourself back to someone who's new, give her a good game, like her learn some stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That is what, and that's what communities should be doing. And, and all of you who are volunteers for a game, if they have it, or if that is your goal to be the champion for that game, learn what your players are, what their levels are, what they can do. Our War Machine crew back in the day, we had Matt Hennemeyer, who was a very good top-tier player, but he could explain things well. He knew how to throttle it back. I would trust any new player to play with him. Correct. And we have Frank. Frank is wants to be competitive, generally falls a little short, and does not have the off button. He goes hard. He doesn't complain when he gets shit-stomped, and he doesn't taunt when he shit-stomps people, but that is what he does. He has one speed, and it is go, go, go. I would not have a new player play him so you have to sort of know that and it's tough, it is tough I think as we grow older and we have more and more hobbies demanding our attention, we can't necessarily know that, we devolve to our clicks and we don't want to do that, we need to get open, you need to come on the game day if you can sometimes the game day is just put on every day that's inconvenient to you possibly being not Friday, <laughs> in any case <laughs> but you need to do that and you need to get people in, you need to let them know what's what intended, you need to you need to put the work in. If you're going to be that guy, you got to put the work in and it's a pain in the ass. And I hate to say that in order to make your gaming experience as good as possible, you have to put extra work in if there's no one else doing it. But sometimes that's the truth.
0: Yeah. I mean, we have a local player that's like you said, that doesn't know any way but to curb stomp people. And that's his play style. And our actual store has a policy that he's not allowed to play anybody new to the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, he's allowed to advise, or you know, sit there and watch, or whatever. But he's not allowed to play anybody, because he 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 has that mentality, and he's and he's an amazing player. But you know, it just something overrides, and we're like, he but can't everyone play has, it has that ability.
2: Yes, I mean, so everyone shit on page five as being the wrong way to do things. But the spirit of pay five was correct: is that you bring your best game all the time, correct. because that is how you play a game that is meant to be competitive. But what it forgets is that some people are just casual gamers. They just want to hang out with their buddies, throw some dice, and have some rules to do something when they're throwing their dice. That's okay. That's a valid play style, and you need to be able to cater to that. Um, Crimson brings up some good points. He says uh, his rule of thumb is at least try to get out of earshot for your wine. track off OP because I'm not playing you or <laughs> assault man is OP. as OP. Yeah, so I find that most people don't have the cognitive ability, and this is no diss on people, the lizard brain takes over and they don't think, oh my god, I got outplayed. They think, oh my god, that's overpowered power because I can't think of a way to beat it. Did you stop and try? You're reacting on an emotional level, not on a logical level. I've rarely... I mean, I've come to some games where I'm like, dude, you owned me. Good game. Like, you are the man. I've had games like that and everything. And then you've had games where your dice are just shit. Those happen. But we all... I made it a purpose of looking at people's dice and they're playing a game. It's like, oh, my dice didn't, my, my dice were terrible. I'm like, no, your dice were fine. We have a, a a saying where, did your dice help you win the game or not help you win the game? Because the thing, most dice will be generally average during a game. But they might not help you win the game. Rolling 12s to hit in War Machine does not help. Roll, you know, when you roll 12s to hit and then low for damage, that's average but doesn't help um, you. Rolling it, exactly enough to hit and then 12s for damage, that helps you.
0: We uh, have to interrupt this program for a news announcement, by the way. I just received over on my feed that Riz Okasik, uh, the lead singer of the cars, just passed away.
1: Oh, snap. Oh, wow. Um,
0: Did it say how old he was? Because, I mean, a lot of these... 75. Uh, it was so... involved in a car wreck.
2: Oh, shit. That's worse. Rick Ocasic Xander Warlord. Um, well, oh, shit, no.
0: Uh, no, it wasn't a car wreck. No, just just an unconscious. I mean,
2: 75 is a rock and roller. Unfortunately, if your name's not Keith Richards, that seems to happen. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, he was found unconscious at a townhouse. Well, yeah. so, so, uh, to Rick Ocasek. But Crimson mentions uh, the problem with page five is that it has some good stuff in it. But it's contained in such uh, edge lordy pure language that actually promoted the opposite of what it intended. That mm-hmm. is maybe the best description ever. Yes. <laughs> because uh it it, it, it the heart place, and that's sort of the thing, is it's like looking at things. We are a very and I'm gonna talk in broad terms about everyone, not just gamers. We're a very reactionary, emotional people right now. We do not stop at things. We do not look to our research. We are not thinking about what's going on in, on average. And we need to. We need to be better than that. We need to stop. You need to go like, wow, that was terrible. Hold on. Was it terrible, terrible? Or did I do some stupid shit that caused me to lose that game? <laughs> and you need to stop and take a look. Like Bane and I were playing and testing, like I said uh, last night, with our uh, testing games. And we'd spent time building his deck. I built my deck. And then, I I mean, I curb-stomped the crap out of him. And we stopped and think and realize, okay, well, I feel like... He's like, I'm not upset with your deck. Your deck's doing what it's supposed to do. It's just frustrating that my deck doesn't seem to have... He didn't have that oomph, so to speak. You know, it didn't work the way we intended it to. It just... When something doesn't work, sometimes it's hard to see. Because it looks like it's working, like you're doing your stuff, you're playing your cards, you're doing you're throwing some damage out but then maybe it's just not doing everything it's supposed to. And then you need to stop and take a look, okay, is this deck design bad? Maybe you know, you just, you know, and list design the same thing. Is this list design just bad? Is it just not working together? Cuz that's a problem you may not see it until you take a step back and analyze what you did. Did you use your models properly? There are a, I could make a checklist of things you should do after a game to, before you start whining about being your opponent's stuff being OP.
1: That's actually a good idea is to take notes after a game and because then, then you remember when you want to mm-hmm. make tweaks, because then all you want to do is make some tweaks to your army and play the same guy with the same list. It's the same in card games versus uh, miniature games. Mm-hmm. That's, that is how you make your own army if you're not just net, net listing.
2: Mm-hmm. And even if you're net listing, you want to play it and still test it. Maybe something doesn't work for you. Maybe you're not grokking how that particular card works. I look at sometimes, sometimes you you're going like, why did you choose that? That's just not, you know what? I'm not taking that. I'm taking something uh, else.
1: A list might be good, but if you don't know how to pilot it, mm-hmm. then, you know, you're still going to lose. Yeah. Yes. It's not because the list is bad. You just need a little practice with it.
2: And honestly, that that's a, I feel sometimes we take less list building for granted. As I just put good stuff together and it works. Well, good stuff together works, but you have to use it good. And some guys, uh, actually, Interlight used to say about me is, John, you take whatever models you take, and you tend to get the most out of them. You're not trying to use the square peg through that round hole. You'll get your round peg through it, or you'll go around it. You just won't do the round hole then. And sometimes you need to do that. Um but you need, we need to all be a little more logical, stop and think about it a little more, and analyze what's going on. Like, I took pictures in a turn of a game we were playtesting for Star Wars Legion. Uh, and on one thing, I had a certain character go into uh, a unit and roll a ton of black dice, and I got no hits. It was all blank. And it was a lot of black dice. Well, and the thing is, is, that's another thing that you
0: can't you can't blame on the person. Exactly, you can't blame dice rolls on the person because that is not their fault.
2: It's but, a randomization. Well, no. In the next in the exact next shot, I had a bunch of dudes shoot at some speeder bikes and I rolled the exact opposite where it's like those are all hits and crits. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I mean and that's I see if you would get not mad. Not likely. That's 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 perfectly average. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. It's similar number of dice, perfectly average, but that's a, is your are your dice helping you in the game? Well, no, because I got more hits on the speeder bikes than I needed to murder them, and this one could have used some more hits to make that a little less of a fight. Yeah. So that's sort of that look of, did your dice help you? I mean, I would say, if you ever think that you're rolling terribly, take a step back, maybe write down your dice rolls for a game if you can. Just take a pad of paper real quick, write down every time you roll... You know, I got this on three dice. This on this. This on this. And you can sort of take a take stock and at the end of the game go, no, my dice didn't roll poorly. They rolled okay, but they didn't help me win because that's that can happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you can't help dice rolls either way, whether you're rolling really hot or your opponent's rolling really really crap. There's nothing you can do about it, and you can't oh. blame the person. I've seen people in tournaments I actually went to a tournament, and it was a forty k, and this person was like. You're using cheating dice. He's like, "Well, give me whatever dice you want, and I'll roll whatever dice you want." And yep. I go, "That right there is a very cheap move." To I know, would never
2: in. say that. You can tell what cheating dice. If you're familiar with dice at all, you will know if it's dice that are meant to cheat. Yeah, you will know by the way they roll, the way they wobble. You will see that shit. Yeah.
0: Well, it was what was funny. It was the dice that came in the uh, starter box of one of the 40k sets that came out. And it was the dice that were in there. And they were like, those dice are cheating dice. I'm like,
2: what? Well, I've had the opposite. And people say, like, your dice superstitions are cheating. Yeah. Literally, yeah. I would roll dice, put them aside, roll new new dice for the next roll, put them aside, and roll new dice for the next roll. And when I'm done, I put them all back in the pool and roll them all again. It's <laughs> not cheating. That's just superstition. That's just superstition. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way we did things.
0: Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that because it's not like no. you're... You're, you're supplementing and going, oh, I'm only going to roll this dice for this ability. Now, I would question if you were doing that.
2: Yes. I see people go, like, these are my morale dice. Like, really? Why are they your morale dice? Yeah. I have dice ladies for a morale test because on the sixes, or on the was it on the sixes, there are the Ineptus Astardes uh, symbol, which is a space marine and a caution sign with a grenade bouncing away from him like he <laughs> did throw out. <laughs> like, that's because it's funny. Cool. But I've caught people cheating um, oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. many times. And sometimes they do they're easy to tell when they're cheating. It really is. If you stop and take a look, it's easy to tell. And for the key of all of this seems to say if you keep a level head and keep your rationality about it, you, you will find you you may not enjoy the game as much when you're winning because you'll feel a little bad. But you will not dislike the games you're losing because you have a good look like I fucked that up. Like and you you can't have your ego. You gotta put your ego to the side. Yeah. Just because you're hot shit locally doesn't mean they ain't hot shit too. Oh, that reminds me of an old story. Um, we went to
0: a major tournament in Tulsa one year and a bunch of new people were there we're like, cool, new players. And they were sitting there talking and this guy was like, he was like, are y'all tournament players? I'm like, "We, we, we go to a lot of tournaments. We're pretty decent, I would say. And, uh, the guy goes, well, this guy right here, he's our PG, and he, like, beats everybody's ass at our store. And I'm, like, talking hands down. He beats everybody's ass just nonstop. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. And I'm like, good competition. We like good competition. And then we found out that he wasn't a good player. And he just didn't know the rules and was kind of abusing the rules against <laughs> these
2: people. And we were like, no, your guy's not a good player. He's a cheater. Yeah. Well... <laughs> the The first tournament out of our area I went to was a team tournament. We went up to the uh, the the, the, the Mid Atlantic team tournament, and first round we get paired against the team that won the last year. I didn't know; no one told me. Um, you know, Brad plays one of their people, and Paul plays against Dan Berger. And ends up winning because Dan totally forgets and killboxes himself back when you lost the game immediately. And I'd have played against a guy who was really, really good, but no one told me. And I ended up winning a good, solid game with him. And like, you know, he, he and his team won all last year. I'm like, no, nah, I, I didn't know. I, I mean, I played Anthony Ferriolo in that same tournament and, you know, beat him. And he was a solid player. He had some good thoughts, but, you know, it doesn't mean they're unbeatable. But, you know, just because, like, I never look at that. I. I I'm going to come clean. I had ego problems when I was younger, and what? I have really reined that shit in. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> know, like, real bad. Real, real bad. Real, real bad. And so I've I've reined that in, and I never, ever go into anything thinking I am actually good at the game. I go into everything going, I know how to play this game. I'm okay. There are people out there who are going to stomp my shit in. It helps me enjoy things better. So when, you know, when that little kid comes in, like, man, you're pretty good, kid but it comes both ways. Sometimes you walk into something you're new but you're actually good, but you, you want to keep that in chain in check. So if you take lessons from me it is think about think about what happened in the game, really analyze it from a logical perspective to make sure it's not broken. Because sometimes things are broken. Spoiler, there are still War Machine things that are broken. There are still some things in Legion that are pretty good. There's some Mallow spell stuff that's probably hasn't been caught and fixed yet because the new edition's just out. It's gonna happen. You can just yes. hope it gets fixed. You know? But make look further and go, did you actually do anything wrong that exasperated it? Because some of the stuff may not be as bad as you think. Sometimes it gets into your head. Yeah. You know, it's a downward slope. It's quicksand. You start things start going poorly, you start doing stupid stuff, hoping to riverboat gamble your way to a victory. And you don't get their long odds and it ends up poorly for you. You need to stop and think about that. You know, the wise man once said, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. And that's really true. Sometimes just like, I can't I can't go and riverboat gamble on this. I'm going to take, you know, the same the same tactic I would if I was doing well and just try and win this game by outlasting my opponent. And if you continue to lose, you know, maybe next time you try it. But you look for that one shot. You can't just gamble your way through everything, you will do it on the stupidest shit. Like, hey, you know, this uh, charging guy might cripple that jack. Yeah, he probably won't. Why are you wasting him? Do it on something. Like, if if you can charge a Warcaster, and, like, if I hit and get a solid damage roll, I kill him, we'll fucking do that. You know, you got to risk versus reward is a lot of that game, especially when you start getting behind whether stuff's broken or not, whether your dice are helping you or not helping you, when you get behind like that, sometimes you got to stop and think what of these long odds would actually be worth the risk.
0: Yeah. I mean, cause what's funny is well, when I'm playing certain people and we'll be done with the game, we're like, man, if I would have done this, I think it would have been changed something else. And he's like, yeah, I think if you would have done that, it would have changed something stuff. But then you're at the end. And you're like, man, my dice crapped out. And he goes, yeah, your dice sucked and there's nothing you can do about it. And you're like, that's an understandable thing. But yeah. I mean, there so. are people like you. You, you should not have gone first, because of X, Y, Z. Talk about yeah. what went with it. Don't downplay somebody. Don't disrespect them. Don't give them, you know, a lot of shit about it. Going, hey, I think next time you play this army, I think you should probably go first, especially
2: in this scenario. Absolutely, you should be like, you know, any of the game. Figure out like, okay, I feel like now nah, you can't always control things because there are random rolls in some of these. Yes. Feel like you played this model wrong. You just—I I told people like, look, you just threw that model out there. Um, what was it? Uh, Not Brasha, Dave, and I were playing, and he wandered one of his big hitters around the corner and stopped within stand-in minigun range of a moron with a minigun. So consequently, the moron with the minigun just took him off the table. I'm like, you just <laughs> stopped there, no cover, no defense, nothing. You just said, "Yep, can you fucking kill me?" Answer. Yes. Yes, I can. You can't do that. You have to think. And and he got upset. I'm like, Dave, you're not thinking. You offered him up to me. If it was a sacrifice, sometimes it's worth it. That was not worth it. You just gave me a mother a model and I and took nothing in response. Yeah. You're not peace trading. You're just going like here, take this guy. All right, fuck. So you have to think about that because sometimes you get so maybe even you sometimes you're not seeing the forest for the trees, or sometimes you're not seeing the trees for the forest. Yeah. You know, take a step back, take a look, see like, did I make a lot of little mistakes that added to a giant pile of losing the game? Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Well, no,
0: I, I, it was just that conversation in my head was playing constantly after playing that game, mm-hmm. and I was like, there were things he could have done to stop me from getting stuff, and it's then like, there limit. were things that I: move
2: thought, stops that whole thing. Yeah, one move. I take that. Sure, I get no value. Maybe that other value hurts me. But deleting a unit, rather than leaving you half of it after you take that thing, changes the entire scope of the game. Oh, 100%. Because
0: um, in Song, for people that don't know, in Song of Ice of Fire um, you usually play towards victory points and it's 10 victory points. Uh, every time you kill a unit that is worth points, you get a victory point. Uh, so like Ghost is worth nothing because he's 0 points. Uh, but Uh, Every time you stand on the objective, because we were playing the basic scenario, uh, after the second round, you get a point. Mm -hmm. Uh, In one round, he took out three units with one unit. I mean, Uh, is that unit broken? No, it's not. He's he's playing a model that's technically not legally allowed to play right now, but I didn't care.
2: Oh, it's uh, one of the Kickstarter
0: ones? It's one of the Kickstarter ones. And I don't yeah. care. I don't have a problem with it. It's not like we're practicing for a tournament. Um, I'm like, just play whatever you want. I don't care. I just want to roll dice and throw miniatures around. And uh whenever he did it, he ran through one unit, two units, almost killed a third one, and I was like, Shit, you should have been going with him a lot sooner. Cause if because what one of the abilities it has is when it when the cavalry unit with the mountain hits Uh, they automatically take some wounds, no save. Then they get to roll to hit and damage, and if they kill that unit, they get to make another charge after that fact. Um, And so their charge is like six plus a D6. So if you can set it up right, you could get and hit a couple and kill a couple of units, and he gets like a secondary charge. And I was like, I really think you probably should have gone with that unit and gone with it quicker and started smashing into people because it was like, he took one unit to full down to one guy in one turn, and I was like, damn. Um, but then he did it again, and he just, like I says, he hit it, killed it, and then went to another one, and almost I was like, really, 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 literally, I think you should have brought that unit in faster and not played around with it. I mean, it's a devastating unit. It just goes mm-hmm. in and wipes things out. Um, so uh, I was just like, "Hmm." probably would have played that unit a little bit faster and, and got into the battle quicker with him and he was like well, I'm glad I left him out so I could get in but I was like yeah but you came in you know, a turn too late type thing because you could have been on me in a heartbeat and killing much more quicker and winning the game quicker in my opinion because mm-hmm. I was worried after he hit that one unit destroyed it went to another one and did a bunch of damage I was like oh shit he may pull this out just by wiping me off the board with all the models.
2: I mean, yeah, it happens sometimes.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the game was up to ten. I got to ten before he did, but he was coming up behind me quick. So it was pretty interesting. I finished my second Primal Archon, by the way. Putting them together. Oh, that's I... what that is. Yeah, it's the Primal okay. Archon from the new for the since Oblivion uh, came out. Uh, Primal Archons was the only one I'm going to use in any army lists. I'm um, gonna probably put them in a Grimkin list. Um, but they're pretty freaking cool looking. I don't know how I'm going to paint them, but, because my Grimkin have a certain paint style. But they're pretty cool looking. Pretty easy He to may put not together. look good
2: in your Grimkin paint style, just because he's yeah. really different.
0: Yeah, but I mean, he's going to go, I, I have a Grimkin list with two of them in it, and they just, they got some really cool abilities. They're really fucking good against um, Infernals, so it'll be interesting to see if they do anything or not, but they're really cool models anyway. I mean, they, they got some good structure to them. Uh, really easy to put together, by the way. Uh, interesting. They have t- three metal bits. Um, the, of course you can see it, the claws here and then an arm and a claw, which I thought was interesting that this arm was metal when this one was resin. must've been some process.
2: Some things are just easier to do in metal.
0: Yeah. So I'm, okay. I'm not sure. Cause like I said, this resin one, this thumb is in resin, but this whole arm is in metal. So, I mean, there's got to be something about it. Uh, really fit together really well, by the way. Their pegs and everything were good and solid. Um, so, nothing necessary there. Good solid model from them. Better than the widget model, by the way. The oh,
2: widget? Oh, yeah.
1: So, okay. I all I did this week was uh put some... Warcry, tra- I didn't even put it together. I just separated it into the uh, components for each building.
2: <laughs> That's the biggest I, thing making me might want to get WarCry is some of the terrain. Terrain's pretty good. Yeah. The
1: terrain is amazing yes. and I actually I googled how do you assemble the WarCry terrain and I found a video and the video pointed me to a PDF, a blog post that this guy did. And he kind of explained a little bit more clearly than the official instructions that come in the box set. What? Uh, just kind of how, <laughs> which pieces you need for each bit of terrain. If you want the terrain to work with the, the cards, cause they have a deck of cards where you randomly draw what setup of terrain you're going to have. And I think that's a good idea. There's other people I know who are like, ah, we're not gonna play that way we're just gonna set terrain up however we want but I feel like if for got this terrain, particular for this particular game you it makes it more interesting and different
2: well yeah I mean there's a lot to that like if you can get enough of the same sorts of terrain you can just map out fair battlefields and go this is how terrain set up for this table I mean I could see getting you know, you know, let's say eight complete sets of terrain uh, of the same terrain, and this putting out like eight different configurations on the on the of the terrain, and just wander around, going like each one set up a little differently, and that's how it is.
1: Yeah. Well, also when you're drawing the twists, some of them, you know, are affected by the terrain, so it's important, you know, to have that terrain and not just do the here's a tree over here and you've got a tree on your side and there's a building off to the left, but we're just going to charge across the field and kill each other,
2: oh. which is of
1: course the most boring way of playing a tabletop war game. In my opinion, God. uh, terrain makes it more interesting. And in Warcry, with the twists and your victory agenda and your, uh, random deployment deck and, and the terrain deck, uh, I think all that stuff adds to the game, making yeah. all that stuff random.
2: And you can, if you have enough terrain for the the normal battlefield in the box, you might as well work it in somehow, because you can do cool, cool things.
1: You, even though that's not our topic, and now I've run into our uh, <laughs> media session. Our media session.
2: It, it's fine. Yeah. Terrain is always a potential topic. For- <laughs> yeah, a month of podcasts. on terrain. I, I'm
1: hoping to actually get it. Assembled this week, so we'll
2: see. All right,
0: and who knows? Ooh, I see that Twitch is currently having problems with people going live. Da-da-da-da. Let's switch over to the media section. Um, yeah. I have um
2: two things. Uh, really, three things to talk about. Yeah, I have two, counting this one thing we're going to talk about together. I have nothing. Nothing. I know
1: that's that's shocking. I did not watch a lot of anything, and over the weekend, I was busy uh, yeah. with friends.
2: I, I got off work late multiple days this week, so I didn't have a lot of time to watch things. Though, apparently, there's a rumor going on at work that I leave early every Wednesday.
0: Why do you leave every early?
2: Wednesday. Why do you leave early every Wednesday? I was there till 6.30 Wednesday.
1: He does not leave early. Someone oh. is lying.
2: Yes, it's high school shit going on occasionally. It bothers me. But Chuckle, like, oh, early They're like, yep, 6.30. What's up? That's early. <laughs> I only worked... Uh, I can't even do math right now. A long day. In any case, Gonzo, you probably should probably start off, since you have the most things. Um, I'm going to talk about um, a movie I've already reviewed. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and the
0: reason why is because I showed it in my class. Um... Of course, our Friend Friday thing happened, and we watched, I put a movie on. And it was interesting because I'd never watched it with someone from my class before. Uh, it is a Disney Pixar one, and it is uh, Coco. Um, I watched it before, and I first watched it, I was kind of, you know, I was kind of meh on it. And I watched it again, and I was like, I'm, I'm much better with it. I liked it a bit more, and this time I was really, really excited to watch it and actually was kind of, you know, kind of emotional watching it this time. Um, As everybody knows, it's a Disney Pixar movie about family and the Day of the Dead and uh, cultural Latino type uh, or Southern American type things, however you want to put it, Um, and about music. Um, I do have a Latino girl in my classroom. I've uh, known her. This is my second year for knowing her. I didn't have her last year, but I did have her. I have her for this year, and um, she speaks Spanish, and she's kind of hesitant about speaking Spanish because she's afraid of certain things, and she's you know she's scared. And rightfully, I don't I don't blame her for that any one bit. But I try to make her feel comfortable that she's allowed to. So I started teaching some of my kids Spanish words, uh, and so my kids have started learning. How to ask for to go to the bathroom in Spanish and stuff like that. Uh, simple, you know, just what you would learn in basic Spanish one-on-one type thing. Um, and my kids are third or fourth graders, so it's, you know, it's it's a good, they pick up that things really easily. I wish I'd learned it a long time ago myself. Um, but I wanted to watch it because I was looking for kids, uh, kids movies on Netflix, and that was the first one that came up. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. And um, so I put it on there. And what was funny was one of the Spanish words, uh, perfecto. And one of my uh, kids goes, oh, that means right. And she goes, no, that's Spanish for perfect. Yeah, I'll learn your Spanish. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she was like, she was telling these kids and she was teaching these kids the Spanish words that they were saying on the movie that weren't easily figured out. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Like perfect, that's a good learning point. Like obviously, that means perfect because it's, the same languages. You can explain languages if you want, but that's yeah. more complicated.
0: But I thought it was interesting, and she was really, really. I mean, I'd never. She was really happy that it was there. She was really getting into it. Um, she was like, "This is a music my parents listened to at home," and <laughs> she was excited, and I was excited for her. Um, it was, it was a good thing. Um, a lot of my kids that, you know, are in there, they love the movie anyway, cause it was funny and you know, it's a Disney Pixar movie yeah. uh, type thing, but I could tell that this meant a little bit more to her than the other kids. Cause she was like, oh, they said this in Spanish and like, oh, that type thing. And you know, she was, you know, getting it a bit more and she goes, yeah, my mom throws the uh, chocolates at me too. So, uh, <laughs> and so it was, it was, it took on a whole different meaning to me watching one of my kids see it. Um, I still like Coco. I still think it's a great Disney-Pixar collaboration. The music, I I think the music is still good. Uh, I don't think it's one of their best musical performances or musical things within a movie. But it took on a whole different meaning when I had a kid that had her culture represented in it. it, And that meant more to me than anything else. Um, So for that, I'm changing it just for the pure... Uh, aesthetic and making one of my kids feel special to zero space herpes now. Uh, And that was because it it's really hard and it it cracks me up when people say, you know, why does there have to be a girl in this or why does there have to be, you know, a black person or Latino or whatever? And I go, because there's people like that in the world. Yep. And, And they deserve to be represented just as just as anybody else does. Not everybody is, uh, you know, a, a white male or, you know, or whatever you want to do. But if everyone was
2: a white male, we would be a doomed
0: race. Yeah. <laughs> already be. But, I mean, it, it, like I said, it kind of took on a little different meaning for me once, uh, once I saw her reactions to what was going on and her reactions to things that were, you know, she's used to or she's seen or she feels at home with it um, type thing. And it, and, it, and it really meant a lot for me. Uh, for her, because uh, she's Latin American. She speaks Spanish. Her parents barely speak English. Um, and, you know, they're, she's afraid um, of what's going on in the United States. And she doesn't want to speak Spanish. But I try to, you know, we, we learn new Spanish words and she gets to, you know, talk to the kids about it. And the kids listen. The kids love it. They, you know, they love saying, you know, Spanish words. Like I have one kid, he, he doesn't know how to say the full, you know, how to go to the bathroom? He's just like baño, please baño. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I can take you to the bathroom, um, type thing. But I mean, it it really it really you know was good for me, and good for me to see that on uh, my one of my students' faces. So zeros just for cultural appropriation is what I say. Is that what it is? No,
1: Cultural cultural representation. representation. That's for, different. Thing, yeah. yeah. It's a positive thing.
0: Yes. You
2: know, cultural appropriation
0: is the negative. One. The negative, yeah. Cult, you know, it, it, it was really good That'd for my. That sister. movie
2: with all white people.
0: Yes. <laughs> so, it 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 felt a whole lot better for me and for her.
1: Cool. So. That is awesome.
0: It, it was it was a really good day to watch her be happy.
1: Awesome. I think it's it's. I, I love that. It makes me feel so much better because I, I think it's shitty that there are kids out there who are afraid to speak the language that they speak at home because of jackasses.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah, it, it, it really, because I've known her for a while and she's been, and I knew she spoke Spanish because when I had a parent teacher conference with her, she translated and I was making sure, because I know some Spanish. I'm not great at it. Um, I'll further admit that, but I, I was like making sure that she wasn't, you know, mistranslating something on purpose, (laughs) (laughs) um, because of where I work. Um, but it it was just, it was just a good moment. I was, I was really happy to be, you know, make her smile.
1: Hey, Adam, it's, it's, uh, TG Archeon on, on the night shift.
2: On the night shift. (laughs) <laughs> well, my first movie is a movie that is made perfectly. You could not make this movie better. It is, I mean, spoiler, also zero shots of, uh, zero uh, space herpes, zero shots of Kraken. Um It is Speed Racer, the live action one, and it is and Someone mentioned it on Twitter when I was picking up dinner on Friday. I'm like, you know what? I was going to play Borderlands 3, but fuck it. I'm watching Speed Racer because I love that movie. It is, in my opinion, a masterclass on how to get backstory in a movie without breaking the movie. Mm-hmm. having just be exposition, flashbacks, you know, all from a person's perspective as they're watching an event related to that is just very, very well done. Um, all the action scenes all the big action scenes still get me still love all of them they're so stylistic uh, and time for a uh, unpopular opinion this is my favorite wachowski movie I could I could I can see how you can say that
0: I, I'm not gonna I, it's not mine but I can see how you can say that because speed racer I... when I saw they were gonna do it I was like oh crap you know, yeah. it's the whole thing of, oh, crap, how do you turn Speed Racer cartoon into a decent movie? Like and that. <laughs> then I wait until it, waited until it came in on the home theater, and I oh. watched it at home, and I went,
2: fuck, this oh. is good. I'm buying this the shit. Theater. It was, I, If I recall correctly, it was the same year Iron Man and The Dark Knight came out. And of those three movies, I wanted to see two of them again immediately, and the third one I didn't. That's not to say it isn't a good movie. But Speed Racer is the one I was the closest to just going back in and watching again. It is awesome, still gets me all the points are all well done. There's character development from, for several of the characters. There's good humor. It never quite gets too cartoony that the adults... It, it's it got stuff for the kids and stuff for the adults, but it never panders to either,
0: mm-hmm.
2: which is so hard to do. It is obviously made with love for the original series. Uh it gets as much references as it can, can in there without slamming your face in it. It doesn't rub your nose like, see, see what we did there? It's just like, yeah, we did that. We'll stop. <laughs> and Michael Giacchino's score is fucking awesome. It is worth listening to on its own. It is great. He does a masterclass job. Uh, and people have said like, oh, there's too many colors and everything. It's a cartoon on live action. Oh, the man add to it so well it is it is literally like every picture a painting like it's every frame is a fucking painting it's great I love it I cannot say enough good things about the movie Uh, I recommend it I own it on DVD I will probably buy it on blu-ray just so I can get a damn better picture the best picture I possibly can of it if I ever get a 4k I'll buy it in 4k I I mean it is worth everything
0: I, I wish I could have seen it on, like, the IMAX. Oh, God. Because that would have been amazing to watch on yeah. IMAX yeah. with the colors and everything about it. Um, I really... I, I, people that complain about the colors, fuck you. I'm just playing simple. That was one of the coolest parts of it because it was yeah. so bright and so vivid and
2: so eye-catching. And I understand it's not me for everyone. Not everyone Good. is okay with it, and that's okay. But, man, if you love the movie, th- this is one of those division movies because it's like either you love it or you're like, it's not my thing. Yeah. And I hate to say you didn't get it because I don't think it's such you didn't get it. It's, it's not for you. You know, it's I would love to see more, you know, anime slash cartoon things made live action in that sort of style. It fits so well for so many of them. It's just, whew. I love it. I cannot say enough praise about the movie. I give it zero space reviews, zero shots of Kraken, and five out of five Casablanca's. <laughs> I said it. You could not make this movie better. That
1: could... almost that makes me want to actually see it.
2: Oh, Kathy. You got wait. to. I'll tell you what. I'm going to have to buy it on Blu-ray and then send you my DVD copy. I,
1: I am not a... Uh... I didn't grow up on Speed Racer like some of the people that I know, so... It's, it's kind of an alien thing to me.
2: And I hate that we may have hyped it up so much that it may not live up to your expectations. Because it happens with movies. But, uh, man, I just love the movie. It is one of those pure joy movies for me. I just put in and just enjoy it from front to end. Um, it's one of those rare movies where it is as good watching from the beginning to the end. As it is watching clips of it. Like on YouTube or something. Because there are so many race scenes. Or there's a couple fight scenes. That are just great. Some great lines. Those ninjas? More like nonjas. Terrible passes for ninjas these days. And everyone looks the part. Mm -hmm. Acts the part. They take all the material seriously. You cannot say enough. For a movie that takes itself seriously like that. It doesn't. It's not taking a piss of stuff. There's no winking and a nod at the camera, uh, you know, so much as in, you know, like, oh, look, see what we did there. No, it doesn't do that. It goes, we're just taking it seriously. And it should be, it should show people this is how you do this. This is how you take something that could be a little silly, a little campy, and just take it seriously and go all the way. So, again, it is a perfect, you could not make the movie better.
0: I, I was really impressed with it because I was I was pretty down. I was like, "Really, this is gonna suck," and didn't watch it. And it it, it didn't do good in the theater either. Nope. Uh, but,
2: but when it came out on TV, I was like, "Fuck yeah, this is good." To be fair, should it have? It is an it's a niche series. Yeah. There's only a certain level of people who are doing it who may have been at that age. Because think about how old I was at the time. If I was a normal person, I'd have kids. Not necessarily easy to make it out there. I'm pretty sure its own video sales has done much better, like a lot of things for that age. You got hit at the right time, but I'm glad it was made, and I'm glad it was awesome. Fuck, I'm going to go watch it again right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, Gonzo, hit your second one. Uh, My second one is I finally finished
0: um, Carnival Row. Um, I didn't get to finish it last week, finished it this week. Uh, I still stand by everything. It's just a meh show. It, I'm no no spoilers because it's still you know new and Kathy hasn't seen it yet. It was just okay. Um, maybe my hopes were too high for it. Maybe I wanted more from it. Um, but it just wasn't great, and I was kind of disappointed in that. Uh, I like the urban fantasy, even though it's a you know, seventh century quote around seventh century, uh, uh, fantasy um it, it just wasn't there for me uh I'm going you know Baneon says the same thing the the flashbacks were the cooler part of Carnival Row. The modern day story wasn't you know the modern stuff wasn't as good uh I liked learning about the past more than I liked learning about what was going on um
2: it was look, just they, there look they can't kick they can't hit out of the park with every single one
0: no, 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 and that's what I'm saying.
2: It it, it was just it
0: it gives the two point five, type thing because it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. It was just there. I mean, it's better than like I said last week, better than you know a poke in the eye. But it, you know,
1: yeah, just ask Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Callback. That's
0: a special podcast. Um, but I mean, it wasn't you know amazing or anything. It was just there. So, I mean, Did you enjoy watching it from front to end? It was it, it it was, it was, it was better than most things are on TV anyway. That's what I'm saying. That's the reason why it gets it the 2.5. probably
2: sounds more like a 2, actually. If it's better yeah. than most things on TV, because the average thing on TV should be about a 2.5. Like, take it or leave it, whatever.
1: More well, like a 3. I'm not thrilled with most, most things on TV. Yeah,
0: most things on That's TV a, are, are a 3, in my fun. opinion.
2: Oh, well, you guys hate TV. Well, I don't watch a- it.
1: <laughs> Hence why I'm not watching it very often. I'd never fair. have things to talk about.
2: I was hoping you would have like the uh the, the watching spree of NCIS. We could talk about NCIS, but
1: well, you know, we never did. They had college football on yesterday in the background.
2: Oh. Yay, college football. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and today it was, you know, obviously NFL Day. Enough-ful. So Enough-ful. they're they're Enough-ful. very they're very uh Football-oriented, and Kimberly and her family are Ohio State people, and uh, so.
2: Well, Buckeyes. Yeah. Sorry, I, I have to remember. I don't really know. I'm not. I've never been a college football guy. I was an NFL guy. I follow the scores occasionally. Like, I uh, when I drove to get uh, lunch <laughs> today, I had uh, I had sports radio on, listened to the Ravens game because. I'm tangentially interested, and none of the channels near me play the Redskins game, so. And they lost anyway, so who cares? Because I'm not shocked. So uh, I think the last one we're going to talk about is actually Gonzo and I talking about the same thing.
0: Uh, it is, but I wanted to interrupt because I did think of something else I needed to talk about just quickly. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. The finals of BattleBots is on, uh, the top 16 has been decided. Um and if you're into it, BattleBots is so much fun. I introduced... Um,
2: is it the early 2000s again?
0: It is, Um, but uh, they, they finally made the top 16 bracket to find out who the winner is. Uh, I got one of our listeners, Erica, into it, and she's like, your guy got knocked out, and she's like, well, damn it, and stuff, but I mean, it was... I really, really, really like BattleBots because it's some really cool engineering, and there's nothing more fun than watching... Bots get shredded and thrown into the air and destroyed, and you know, then they look at them like, "Oh well, we'll just rebuild it and do it again." <laughs> so, fair.
2: I, I feel like that sounds like YouTube content. I mean, they removed it from YouTube content. But if he, but if people are, are are liking it, it's all good to me. They but
0: removed you... all battle bots from YouTube because it was harmful to animals.
2: <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, way to you go, know what YouTube. it
1: probably was is they couldn't call it BattleBots because YouTube would no longer monetize it because it had the word "battle" in it.
0: <laughs> no, they actually got rid of all robot fighting stuff off of YouTube, BattleBots, and all the other type of spinoffs uh, because uh, it showed depiction of harmful to animals.
2: Not animals. <laughs>
1: It's it's violence in any form. Uh, YouTube is really getting very sanitized, and this is something that we've been finding out only because we paint wargaming miniatures, and you have to be very careful of how you do your title and description on YouTube. Table that's miniature gaming. If you, yeah, if you if you put the wrong keywords, the quote unquote wrong keywords in there, uh. YouTube just won't monetize it because advertisers will look at those keywords and and be like, I want nothing to do with that because it has the word Morticia in it. Because it's a painting, it's a tutorial on how to paint Morticia Adams, but Morticia, the word, sounds too much like words that mean death and murder in other languages. Yep. So I mean, he had to change them. They're the-
2: not wrong, but... Like aye, aye, but, aye. and
1: that's what's happening is there's things that are being demonetized because they have keywords in them even though it doesn't matter that they're not bad.
2: Time you know? to go on a rant <laughs> <laughs> for another time. Hold on. Yes. Simple simple rant. If you guys like what people are doing on YouTube, go to their Patreon, support them on Patreon, help them that way.
1: Yeah, because that YouTube... is going to do more
2: help than, than anything on YouTube could be. Yeah. I support every channel that I really like, and I look forward to their videos. I'm like, I deserve to give this guy, this guy deserves for me to give him money. I give them money because also I have ad blockers. So I don't ever see ads on YouTube on my computer. So they don't get any ad money from me. So I want to make sure they get some sort of money from me if they're doing what I like to do, what I like to see done. So there you go. Proceed. <laughs> okay. So let's go with our, our
0: video game review. Um, I will have to tell you, John, I've only played it for maybe a few hours, um, but I was hesitant to pick it up.
2: Why were you hesitant to pick up Borderlands 3? Okay. Because we talked about this earlier. It's the first game I've bought on before release day in a decade. Yeah. Okay.
0: So uh, I I liked Borderlands 1. I bought the Handsome Edition, been playing it for a while, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, All in on it. No problem. I wasn't able to pick it up on release day, so I was waiting, and I was like, "Oh, what are reviews saying?" And it got really mixed reviews, and uh, for like the first day or so, and I was like, "Ooh, this is not good. What's going on with it?" Um, And so I was kind of hesitant about picking it up, Um, and so I waited a little bit, picked it up today because I started looking at more reviews and found out that some of the reviews were, of course, biased reviews. Uh, Of course. About it, and I was like, okay, because I'm like, what all do you want from a
2: Borderlands game, John? Uh, first person, sh- person shooting, uh, crazy violence, and humor. Okay,
0: got it. There you go. That's a Borderlands game for you. <laughs> job's a <are> good
2: <laughs> spoiler, job's a good Yeah, so
0: um, I went and picked it up, downloaded it, um, and started playing it today. Not very far into it. Uh, very easy, very, you know, not a problem trying to get it done. Um, I'm only like level four, I think. So I haven't played that's, hardly any.
2: Yeah. That's where I stopped the first night I got to level four. I only played for about an hour. Um, yeah. cause I was at, well, that day I was not at work late. My boss made me go home on time. <laughs> uh, things were not working. So, you know, he's like, go home. You don't try and fix it tonight. So I went played played it for about an hour. Enjoyed the crap out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Played for a little bit uh, Friday night, and then a little bit Saturday, and then uh, played for several hours today, and my crew jumped in. And let's talk about cooperative mode. When you start a character, you choose cooperative mode or competitive mode. So when people jump into your game, it affects how the game works. If it's competitive mode, they jump in, all the drops are first come, first serve, the monsters are all scaled to whoever game you're in. So if you're in my game, you're stuck at level 9 monsters because I'm level 9. Or wherever, level, wherever appropriate level for whatever my game is, where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But in cooperative mode, all loot drops are unique. Mm-hmm. So if it drops loot for loot, I see different loot than you see. That's cool. Yes, and when you jump in, the monsters all scale to whomever. So I see a level 9 monster, Banion sees a level 20 monster, and they have chunks of hit points and basically goes by percentage. You did. It doesn't show that, but it has a bar that's segmented into four things, basically, you know, quarters of his life, and you do damage based off that. So if I we're shooting the same guy, he may be doing, you know, three times the damage I'm doing, but it all shows equally that we're taking it down appropriate based on what we see. It, it that is the greatest video game feature I've ever heard.
0: I see I didn't know that about cooperative mode. I chose yeah, cooperative also because I was like, ah, oh, if someone jumps in, jumps in. That's actually a very good feature.
2: It's amazing. I can like whoever thought of that, like, deserves a raise, because that's a great, great feature. Because it means that my buddy, Bringer of Hugs, could jump in and and play with me, and then not brushhead Dave could jump in. And we're all disparate levels, and they're helping me with the missions. Things get harder because there's more guys in, but it all scaled properly. They get drops that are appropriate for them, so it's not a waste of their time. You know, it's they they can even level up. That's why uh, Bringer Hugs is so high level because he keeps jumping to other games, just getting experience because it's worth it for him. It's not just, oh hey, I got to find another character that's the appropriate level to hang out with you, so I don't. We don't screw things up or it's not worthless for me or whatever. Now it's just I just bring my main, whatever character I want, and it scales appropriately for everyone. You know, if 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 Gonzo's playing and I jump in and he's level one, I jump in with my level 50 character, we I can help him out and it's appropriate. It's a really, really great feature. And um, so I'm not gonna say that the game's just like perfect. Some things I would have liked to have worked closer to Borderlands 2 you play played a lot of Borderlands 2. Things are similar enough that you try to use buttons that don't do what they used to do. But they're good about sort of telling you what buttons do that. And it just takes a little getting used to, like any game does. And the aiming's a little different, so you got to get used to it. It's standard first-person shooter problems. You know, every game aims a little differently. you got to learn a little bits of it, and even this version of that is like that. But I like the sort of variety of the guns. I like pretty much everything they have done with the game. And I'm not far either. I'm only level 9. You know, Banean's level 20. Bringer of Hugs is level 20-something. Uh, not Brushhead Dave's close to 20. So we're all over the place. Uh, most of them are higher up because they have more time to play than I did. But I really like it, and I really like all, all the features so far. I am playing uh, the operative, Zane. And it is cool to drop down a uh, duplicate of myself, who also shoots bad guys. And then uh, advance and fire. When I get in too deep, I hit a button and I switch places with my duplicate. Because that's cool. <laughs> like, all right, you be up there in danger. I'm going to go over here and wander off. See, <laughs> so I chose, was Amara? Oh, the uh, the siren. I haven't seen yeah. her play yet.
0: Right, I'd say go with that because I thought it looked kind of neat. You know, the all the fists and the slamming abilities and, you know, have pretty decent hit points and can get, you know, up close if need be. And I was like, I oh, it just sounds interesting. So I went with Amara. I like
2: the way the trees work for most of them, that you don't have... Like, for her, apparently, there is a tree that's melee-centric. There's other trees that aren't. So, I mean, it's still a gun game. Yeah. So you don't end up with, like, the... Uh, unless you choose to, you don't end up with uh, Krieg, where he was melee. Like, he was about melee. Yeah. His action skill was all melee. You can choose to do that, but you don't have to.
0: Yeah, I look at on he... He went with the pet, the beast and I know a flack. lot of people went Beastmaster.
2: Um, look at flack locally, actually, we have um, we have two flacks, one mo, no, one flack, two Moses, and two Zane. So we've got a decent split. No one decided to play the uh, siren because some people were worried you would be all melee, and we're not really about that. But I'm enjoying the game. Um, I so far I'm. Easily getting my money's worth out of it, and uh, hope to get more time to play.
0: Uh, I do too. I was, I was, I was having a good time. Uh, if anybody's playing on PS4, look me up. Uh, come and join me. I'll play and shoot things with you. Got no problem with it whatsoever. Um, I'm always up for gaming like that. So yeah, if
2: you guys are on a particular platform and playing, hit us up on Facebook, and we'll we'll send you our gamer tag so you can uh, join us. Um, I can't necessarily let you in the Discord server we use to uh, talk to each other because it does one flaw with it because we, we should address the elephant in the room. It's not through Steam or anything. It's through Epic instead because Epic gave Gearbox a better deal on the. their part of the sales. So you can't blame that. I mean, they need to do that. So, but, so it doesn't have an inherent way to talk to each other. You have to find a third-party way of talking to each other. That being said, jump in and play. Might be able to get you a Discord server so you can talk to each other because, I mean, that helps a lot. It was very enjoyable playing with uh, Bringer Hugs for most of the game and then uh, a little bit with Not Brush Out Dave as well earlier this morning. So so far, looking good. Looking like it's probably going to end up being a, uh, a uh, low. Uh, I mean, are we still going to call it space herpes? Yeah, sure. Low space herpes count for this game. Right now, I would say it's leaning towards the between, you know, which is the the one or lower. But, you know, still plenty of game left. I know some people have already won it, which is crazy. Guys, slow down. Enjoy it for a bit. <laughs> but, that's, like, uh, that's
1: like playing Diablo 3 when the season starts. And, you know, and I'm into it like two hours and all of a sudden there's there, you can see the people who are making the the national leaderboards already with stuff, and I'm like, I'm level 10. How are you doing this?
2: Well, some people that is I don't want to say their life, but that is their hobby, and that is all they do. I mean, we yeah. paint miniatures and talk on podcasts, and they're they're playing games.
1: This weekend, I I spent the weekend playing Diablo 3 with my friend Kimberly and that is her hobby and she loves just trying to get up on the leaderboards and and figure out all the you know getting the achievements and and all that stuff and you know she kind of helped me uh get closer to finishing some stuff in the season which was cool that's uh, cool right uh, i, I
2: mm-hmm. really enjoyed back in the diablo two days my uh Max and I would play Diablo 2 together and run through zones and have a good time. Uh, we didn't need a Discord server because we just yell each other across the room. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, I like these games that are solo and then scale if people bring in. It's very fun. It,
0: it, it's it's very much worth it because you don't have to worry about, oh, let me get my alt or let me get this or let me get that. You mm-hmm. it, it all works for you.
2: Like there was a point, the point where I started playing other people in Borderlands 2. Yeah, sure, I can find an alt. You know, I have characters upon characters that were doing stupid shit, you know, trying stuff out. There's a lot of self-imposed uh, limits you can throw on yourself that people have done through that. Or I can usually find an alt at the appropriate level, but it's better not having to. Like I'm playing this guy, I want to continue playing them. You can just do it. All right, well, guys, that is it for our episode tonight. Thank you for joining us for
0: episode
1: ninety-two.
0: Uh three. Three. Ninety-three. I know. <laughs> 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 I'm John. I'm Gonzo.
1: I'm Kathy. No, I'm Kathy.
0: No, you're not. I'm Kathy. You're not pretty enough. I wanna be Kathy. I wanna be a good painter.
1: Fine, I be Kathy. Kathy. Kathy.
0: Alright.
2: Shave and dye your hair.
0: Ooh, I think I may like it if I shaved my beard off and dyed my hair blonde. And put
1: okay. things in my ear. Can I do that?
0: Yes. You Can do that, it's free world.